You are listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Welcome to this week's episode of If You Were Writing. Like we said last week, we have a special group ride live episode this week. We uh, are recording straight from the expo at USAT Age Group Nationals and the PTO US Open in Milwaukee. So I want to apologize in advance for any background noise, any you know cheering from the crowds. And I want to thank everyone who came out and supported us. And we will be back next week with our regular guests and co-hosts, Sarah, Jocelyn, and Khadija. This week, we have some special guests, uh, in Vic, Haley, and the other Sarah. So please stay tuned. And again, we apologize for any background noise on our group ride. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year. And I used to try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. TryHard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of TryHard. I think it's like definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now, too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, try, try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the try hard products with the code 20 feisty. That's two zero feisty for 20 percent off store wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20 feisty for 20 percent off at tryhard.co. Chasing epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner in Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one. But... There's a range of triathlon wetsuits. You can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a Feisty Tri sponsor, mostly because of their commitment to education and making sure all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like women uh, often underfuel, and they more typically complain about gel consistency. I know I do. 
uh, which is why I personally really love the light and easy to get down precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. Precision Fuel and Hydration has also recently signed on as the official hydration partner for Ironman races in Europe, which means that the PF1000 electrolyte mix will be on course at all European races this summer for the bike and run. The 1000 mix delivers 1000 milligrams of sodium per liter or about 500 milligrams per 16 ounce water bottle, which is about the average sodium sweat concentration across thousands of sweat tests they've done on triathletes. And because it's a low calorie drink, it also lets you decouple your fueling and your hydration that can be helpful, you know, when there are so many different factors to keep track of in Ironman races. But the most important thing is testing it all for yourself, which is why you can use Precision's sweat testing spreadsheet to do your own testing and calculate your own sweat loss. And I know that can sound intimidating. I, I felt like that too, but it's really super manageable when you enter your numbers into their formula. And then you can book your own totally free consultation with their sports scientists, like no sales necessary. Um, you can find a wealth of information, all of this in their Precision Knowledge Hub, and you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and the specially formulated flow gel, which is made exactly for how people fuel in long course triathlon. It's like really handy. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP like Feisty Try Podcast and the number one five or, you know, like functional threshold power, FTP15 at pfandh.com. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, Iron Women 1515 at orca.com. Hey, feisty friends, you know how Oprah Winfrey has her favorite things? Well, consider this Sarah True's favorite things, the energy food department. So Bonkrakers, awesome company. They deliver real food, sports nutrition with amazing nostalgic flavors. They have energy bars, energy chews and protein bars. My favorite in each category, favorite things. PB&J, Rainbow Blast and cookies and cream. Now you are welcome to disagree with me, but you will absolutely agree that they deliver some of the best energy products on the markets. You will not be disappointed. Feisty listeners can get 20% off on one-time purchases and subscriptions by going to bonkbreaker.com and using the code FEISTY. That's 20% off at bonkbreaker.com with the code FEISTY.
Physical and mental fatigue is often the biggest barrier to success in any activity involving strength, endurance, and mental focus. Achieving your body's peak muscle response is crucial for maximum athletic performance. I know just how important it is for optimal health and performance. I've been on the lookout then for something that could help boost athletic performance during my workouts and something to improve my focus and concentration throughout the day. Further, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine, which is why I'm so happy that I found the Amino Co. They offer a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formula called Perform. It helps build your endurance and prepares you for harder workouts. Perform has been scientifically proven to improve muscle performance, reduce fatigue and recovery times, and increase the benefits from workouts. It's keto-friendly, soy-free, vegan, gluten-free, without any nasty non-GMOs. They also offer all-natural flavors, but my favorite is the blue raspberry. Perform is formulated to minimize muscle breakdown during exercise and maximize muscle growth after exercise. You can check out the science behind it by visiting aminocoamincocom backslash riding like if we were riding. So I'm going to give a little brief explanation. We are recording a podcast episode of the If We Were Riding podcast, which is a production of Feisty Media. And I'm going to introduce our amazing guests, and then we're going to ask them some questions. So I'm Kelly O'Mara. I do uh, the Triathlon-ish newsletter and uh, the If We Were Writing podcast, and Sarah Gross here runs Feisty Media, yay, and so she's going to be interviewing all of the female athletes, all of the, the amazing women racing this weekend, and then we have to my left, Vic Broomfield, USAT's new CEO, yay, so you should come over and bring all your hard-hitting questions for her. And on our far left is Haley Chura, our pro athlete racing this weekend and the host of the Iron Women podcast if you want to listen to amazing interviews with all the amazing female athletes. So, I want to start by asking you guys, tell us what you're racing this weekend. Vic, we know what Haley's racing, she's going to tell us about it, but Vic, I know you're always jumping into things. Are you racing this weekend? I wish I was racing this weekend. I'm actually registered for the sprint, but my coach convinced me to respect the taper. I'm doing a big race next weekend. So I will be cheering from the sidelines. I am not racing. The mic went off. Haley, uh, a women's race on Saturday. Tell all the people. Yeah, I'm racing the uh, PTO US Open women's race. It's happening at about 4 p.m. on Saturday. And I think it's going to feature 30 of the best pro women in the world, worldwide. I mean, it's going to be incredible, incredible racing, 100K distance. So hopefully a lot of you will come out and cheer. We do a lot of laps. So you'll see us a lot of times. And um, I appreciate any cheers. Okay, since you mentioned it, women's racing is crazy right now. You've been a pro for a while. Sarah was a pro before. How competitive has women's racing gotten recently? Oh, it's super competitive, but I love it. I mean, it's so... It's so exciting. It's so exciting to be a part of this when you're seeing like world best times being set all the time. And, and also it's kind of fun because some of these women I've actually been racing with for like a decade and you're seeing these women get faster into their late thirties, into their forties. And I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe I can go a little faster too. So there's a lot of really cool things happening right now in, in women's sports in general, but especially in women's triathlon. Sarah, Vic, I mean, we've talked about the growth of women's sports so much. What has contributed to this growth and what do you still want to see? Well, what I think what's so important is we're here because of the PTO race that's happening this weekend. And you have these organizations like PTO who are investing 
so much time, resource, and money into celebrating and amplifying the professional racing. And I think when you ask why women's racing is, is so popular right now, it's because it's the best racing in the world. And we're going to see that, right? We're going to see the best athletes out here competing. And they're competing in a way that is so spectator friendly. So you can actually see the competition as they come through through this multiple lap format. And you also see the best racing in the world happening on the women's circuit as well. You look at the top female athletes on the Olympic and Paralympic podiums, they're the Americans. And so we have these incredible examples of high level performances from women athletes that's so inspiring. And then it's also being invested in from organizations like PTO and USA Triathlon. And I think now we're able to really experience the best of sport by having women competing in the same level and at the same coverage as men. Yeah, there is like, in terms of women's sports broadly, you asked that, right? Kelly, I was like, there's a huge wave of women's sports coming. We can see it with the Women's World Cup and soccer. We can see it with the Career de France Femme, right? And I think what's happening is that like, women's sport has always been super interesting and there's always been incredible athletes there, but now we're actually investing in them and we're actually able to watch them on TV, right? So it's kind of this like wake up moment of like, oh, hey, women are amazing athletes too, and now we can actually watch them. So it's, it's super exciting, and I can't wait for the next, like, I don't know, four or five years. It's going to be incredible for women's life. I also really enjoyed how they just need to get in that the Americans are the best. <laughs> yeah, well. well, Vic, so, I mean, you were talking about the PTO. You guys here at USAT do this whole big festival. Why did you want the PTO? Why did you want a pro race involved this year? What do the pros bring to, you know, the age group racing? Well, for us, it's a combination not only of the elite professional racing, but also our young athletes and that pipeline development athlete that we're also celebrating with youth nationals and junior nationals. So for us, it was about thinking about triathlon is this incredible experience in sport that doesn't typically happen in a way that's so easy to watch and celebrate in a festival environment. So by bringing all these events together, from youth nationals, junior nationals, age group nationals for Olympic at Sprint, and now the PTO US Open, it's really a culmination of the best of racing nationally. And so we felt like this was the perfect venue to do it. Milwaukee, by the way, has been an amazing partner in hosting us. When you think about, we're here for four days, shutting down the roads all day long. And that is not easy to do, and it's only because of the support of great cities like Milwaukee and others that host these big events that we're able to have this celebration over a period of time so that we can celebrate athletes at every level of the sport. Haley, I mean, obviously you're used to racing with age groupers. The pro race is usually mixed in. Here we have, you know, the pros are having their whole own separate time. What does it add, you know, to an event, like to have the age groupers race in the morning, you in the evening? Like, does it, is it more exciting? Are we going to see a lot of spectators out? I love it because I, I also coach, and so I actually have, I think, four athletes racing here this weekend. So, um, and then I'm also part of Dynamo Multisport, and they have a big junior group. And so I'm kind of excited because I know that I need to, like, manage my energy, my own self, but I can do a little shakeout run and kind of go cheer some, some of the juniors on, some of the folks in the Olympic distance in the morning. And then I am hopeful that they come out and cheer for me. And, and then the nice thing is Sunday I can go out, all out. I go all out cheering my heart out because it's after my race. And that's how I ideally, ideal situation. But I do think it, it helps to have, have multiple events going on at the same time. And I do think it's really, really cool to have, you know, the pro race and the amateur race kind of like able to interact and able to like see the whole thing. But I was an age grouper for a long time and I remember 
you know, being able to sometimes when you can see the pros and it, it was pretty cool. So it's, it's fun to be on the other side of that. I got to ask, did you ever do nationals as an age grouper? I did it. I won it in 2012. <laughs> You guys, you that two could like, be up here if you win. <laughs> that was like, no, I did it in uh, Birmingham, Alabama a couple times, and I went up to Vermont. So it was, it's always on my calendar. I mean, it's always like such a cool, really, really big race. And I also think the distances are a little bit more accessible, and it usually is in a cool city where it's like a neat place to visit, but also a city that really wants to host the event. And I just, the vibe of U.S. Nationals was always, it was always like high on my list. And that was one of the sad things when I went pro. Was I was like, oh, I can't go anymore. But yeah, here I am. Now you're back. You're here. <laughs> did you, um, as you were coming up in age group ranks, um, you know, did you look to the pros? Was there anyone who ever like helped you out? Was there a, a role model? And, and what do you want to say to, you know, the age groupers who are racing now? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a bunch. Um, I mean, you and I were all friends. I mean, Sarah Gross. Sarah Gross right here. <laughs> Like, I mean, she was a pro when I was, when I was like coming up in a newer pro. And I do remember like having Sarah as sort of someone I could like bounce ideas off of. Like, you know, that was really good. Hilary Bisset was another one. Um, I mean, there were a ton, a ton of people that I was able to kind of connect with in a little way. And now with social media, it's even easier. I don't have to like stalk her in Brazil. I can just like DM her and be like, hey, you know, I, I think it is pretty cool that have like such a community okay so for everybody out here right now what are your tips I'm gonna ask everybody for their tips for the people racing this weekend I'm gonna start with Haley because I know Vic doesn't have a tip <laughs> um, I would say like use the aid stations um, you know it, it is a little toasty I think the weather is supposed to cool off a little bit but I would say use the aid stations to keep yourself hydrated and well fueled and then also like enjoy it like take a moment when you're out in this beautiful lake and be like oh my goodness i am spending my day swimming out here like how cool is it that i get to be fit and healthy enough to be out here with you know a couple thousand friends doing this incredible event in an incredible place and i think just like you can always find something good going on in the day so that is my my tip and that's my tip to myself too remind myself that there's always something good happening yeah, that's a good one, Haley. I um, at, when I raced pro, I never regretted a race where I always did my best in every moment. Like you can probably relate to this, like always problem solve. So if something goes wrong, like if you get a flat, or if you're, you know, if your bike breaks, or if the swim isn't going how you want, and you get hit in the face. Like there's always an opportunity to problem solve to the best of your ability and keep moving forward. And at those races, I always felt like I had accomplished what I came to, even if the time was slower than I wanted it to be. So that would be my tip. Just like stay in it and do your best with everything that comes up. So my tip is be kind. Because when you look around and we talked about the wonderful partner that the city of Milwaukee has been for us, it takes hundreds of people standing out here in the sun for days, dehydrating themselves, getting only a couple hours of sleep a night to put on a four-day event, who are physically exhausted, their feet hurt, they're used to sitting at cubicles all day, standing up all day is really hard, and, and they're doing their very best to support you and give you the best experience they possibly can, and things sometimes go wrong. Sometimes, you know, a spectator crosses the street at the wrong time, or sometimes you don't get water exactly where you think you should, or, or whatever it is. There's always going to be something that can go wrong because our stadium is an open city, right? We, have, we don't have air conditioning. We have 
Mother Nature dictating what happens every moment of the day when it comes to weather and externalities. And just be kind to those who are out here making this possible for you and know the USA Triathlon, the city of Milwaukee, the volunteers, we are here to make sure you have the best possible experience and your expectations may be met differently than, than you had originally intended, but you're going to have a great race because like Sarah and Haley said, this is about what you put into it, making it the best day possible for yourself and we'll be there to support you all along the way. What I'm hearing, uh, Haley, is there maybe a storm during your guys' race on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> so since we were talking about you know what you wish you had known and, and women's racing i mean we've all talked a lot about there's so much more education so much more gear for women now so much more training specific specific to women what do you wish you had known as a woman uh when you were starting out is there anything you would have done differently if you look back oh this is this is a little bit tough but i think i mean not mostly okay the kindness thing that Vic just mentioned i think Yes, be kind to other people and also be kind to yourself because that is something that I think I've gotten a little bit better at throughout my career and I think I, I still struggle with it though, but just being like, like really, really proud of yourself for being here, for being on a start line because it is so scary and everyone is scared. The person who is, you know, has the potential to win is scared. The person who isn't sure they can cover the distance is afraid. And I mean, and that's not like scary, scary, but like, you know, a little uncertain. There's always a little uncertainty. And so I think you have to be really proud of yourself for embracing that in uncertainty, for putting yourself in this position of opportunity and for, as Sarah mentioned, like problem solving the best you can as you do. So I would just try, I mean, that's something I do try to just be like nicer to myself that, you know, you are just a random girl from Montana who somehow landed up in Milwaukee racing, you know, some of the best in the world. And, um, and I think that you have to like embrace that part and be kind to yourself. So that's what you wish you had done earlier. Yeah, I wish I had been nicer because I think that to was yourself. so like I yeah. need like a specific result and then everything would be better. And I don't think, I don't think that necessarily, maybe there's a, maybe if you win a gold medal, maybe then, I don't know, but that's really hard to do. So I think, um, you know, I, I think it is just like in the moment being like, this is so cool, regardless of if you are leading the race or if you are, you know, more towards back with half or solidly in the middle, just being like, this is so cool. Look at who I'm around. These are the people that I associate with every day. And this is a pretty cool group of people. Sarah, obviously, uh, you and I have talked a lot about if you had known things then, yes. specifically about female physiology, training for female athletes, what would you have done differently back in the day when you were a pro? Yeah, well, as you know, like at Fight we spend a lot of time talking about female physiology and performance, you know, and I think like from that, I wish I had known more about like my hormone cycle as a woman and how it and how it works with training. And that I had allowed that to be part of um, how I like organized my training and how I understood the fatigue that you sometimes feel. Because I often had fatigue that was like unrelated to training and I now recognize that it was just like the luteal phase, the late luteal phase and my hormones were like plummeting and that's why I couldn't perform, but I don't think I knew that. So I would have been able to adjust my training just like a tiny bit. Like I'm not saying like go all in on like, if it's on like sinking every piece of your training to your cycle, but like, just like those tiny details of like, oh, am I ovulating? Is that why I'm off today? And just understanding those things. Or is it right before my period's about to hit? And 
that's why I'm off. So I think I wish I'd known that. I'm also like super excited about the gear, like even that I see here in this expo, like there's more women specific gear. It's like when I first started, I couldn't find a saddle that was comfortable for women to sit on. You know, like that's where we were. I had to like go out of my way to find a saddle that had a cutout. So it's so much has changed and it's super exciting. And I think more is going to change as the years go by too. If you made those changes, would you have been way faster, Rick? Oh my god, well first, I'm just thinking, what's the luteal phase? I think I live in that. <laughs> and second, I want to make it very clear to everyone that I am the only non-professional or former professional athlete on this stage. So my perspective is very different. When I first started participating in the sport, I was still in that like, I only wear baggy t-shirts and tube socks. You know, like I was so mortified to put on spandex as like the primary layer. So I think in hindsight, I wish I'd been more comfortable with my body and been more comfortable wearing triathlon gear, especially now that it's much more tailored to women. And I think the other thing I wish I'd understood is fueling performance. And that's something I know that you've talked a lot, um, you've all talked a lot about, is that I was actually talking with someone yesterday about I had done the big ride of Haleakala in Maui. It's like 36 miles from sea level to the top of non-stop climbing and I never brought any food because I remember thinking like oh my god I'm gonna be so skinny at the top and, it, and instead it just completely was so destructive I still made it but it, it was not the same experience I could have had nor did my body realize the the benefits of it in the way that it could have had had I fueled my body properly so those are the two things that are more normalized in conversation now that I wish I had understood better 20 years ago you still made it to the top, though. I actually, like, stopped halfway up that climb and made someone pick me up, yeah. <laughs> so here's the difference between amateurs and pros. Pros only know how to go fast, and they quit when they're not fast. The rest of us are like, I can go slow for so long. It's amazing. Since we're talking about women. Uh, so Vic is the first female CEO of USAT. So what is that like? Uh, what... Obviously, the business world, you know, it's a whole other set of things for women. What would you, you know, wish, what would you tell women coming up in the industry now? What would you, you know, wish that you had known? It's a great question. I've been really lucky that I've had incredible champions and mentors my whole career. And actually, most of them have been men. Um, I've primarily worked for men with exception of one woman that I worked for. And they were always championing me as an individual, both in my personal life and in my career. And I think that's what made these steps possible for me. And so for all of us, no matter where you are, whether it's professionally or in your personal life or in your athletic endeavors, making sure that you're championing and challenging in positive ways those around you. Because I will tell you, I've had the, the most positive experiences I've had, both with men and women professionally, are with those people who genuinely want to be better and do better work and look to you to help guide them in that process. And, and what's been amazing now, I was actually just uh, telling the team here, when I first started at USA Triathlon, we never had a woman higher than a manager level, a senior manager level, and that was in 2018. And now we have a majority female staff at the executive level all the way down. And it's not because um, there's a difference in talent or expertise, but it's because we're hiring the right people with the right passion for the right roles, and we're seeing all, the, all of those capabilities 
in a lot of really talented women and giving them opportunities in the organization. And you're seeing the benefits of that because every day USA Triathlon is having a bigger and stronger impact on the growth of the sport. And that's only going to continue. And that's from 100% of our staff. And we have incredible, incredible talented team members at every level, both men and women. And one person I want to give a shout out to, the reason why you're having this incredible experience today is because of our race director, Brian D'Amico. And he's been he's been with USA Triathlon for more than a decade, and he's the steady hand making sure that your race is safe. And, and also, these men are very secure working with very strong women, and that's what makes them great as well. All right, you said growth of sport. So I'm gonna, you know, latch onto that. I wanted to talk about the growth of the triathlon because obviously, I mean, we're coming out of a pandemic. Are we out of it? And you know, it's been rough for our sport. So I want to talk about what is, what are you guys doing? What do you want to see? And then, you know, Sarah, Haley, what do you guys want to see as we kind of look towards the future of the sport? If you were in charge, if you were queen of triathlon, what do you want to see? Well, I'm excited to hear your advice. Um, I can tell you what we're doing now, and then I'd love to hear what we should be doing on top of that. But COVID was incredibly damaging to the sport we are an event business an events an event-based sport and when those events go away it disproportionately impacts youth we have youth nationals here today our youth population shrunk to less than 10,000 kids i mean that is devastating so when we think about the future of the sport it's making sure we have more opportunities and accessibility for young people we also think about diversity so how can we make sure we are increasing access and inclusion in the sport so that at every level of the sport, from the elite level to the grassroots level, we better represent the population of the United States? And also, we need to make sure that we're creating better pathways for elite athletes. And this is something we talk about all the time. We need to increase opportunities at high school and collegiate. We are an emerging NCAA sport because USA Triathlon has committed $4 million to make that happen. And it's still in process. But we need to think about that pipeline because we don't have the luxury of being a scholastic sport. So that's another reason why pro racing is so important because kids need to be able to see women like you they're racing at the highest level and know that that's something they can aspire to and when we look at the olympic and paralympic pipeline we're trying to go and identify these young kids and saying look you're an incredible runner you have a background in swimming we can teach you how to bike you could go to the olympics someday or the paralympics someday and so that's something that we're really focused on and i will wrap that all in we have to have more races at the grassroots level. We need more people participating in more races locally, and, and that is the sport moving forward. That's the only way the sport is gonna stay strong. So if you're here racing at nationals, that's great. Go home and race in your hometown as soon as you're back. Well, and you mentioned Vic, like pipelines and something to aspire to, and I think that's why a race like this is so important because everybody needs something to aspire to like if you're a 50 year old age grouper not that i'm almost 50 or anything but like yeah exactly you need something to aspire to as well right like you do your local race you do well you're like oh what else can i do so i think having this incredible race is really really important can i just add one thing to that women get better in endurance sports as they get older and i think that's something else that should be celebrated that we can continue to compete in this sport at a high level and for whatever that means for us i always say if you flip those results upside down i'm top 10 every time and i can keep doing that for the next 30 years or longer <laughs>
Exactly. Um, and then to add to what you said about the grassroots level, like I actually think that we used to have in, in our generation, we had people who committed to triathlon, like they were triathletes. Like you did your first triathlon, you got hooked, you, you know, you continued to train, you got better, you tried to come to a national championship, Kona. But like, we do have a generation that wants to have more varied experiences, right? Just in general. So like they're out doing obstacle course racing and then they're doing a triathlon and then they're showing up at CrossFit. And so I think like providing, like I love to see like gravel. The, the gravel racing series, like providing those kind of opportunities too, to do like triathlon in a fun environment. Like I always say too, I would do, like if if locally I had a super sprint race where I could do like they do in the Olympics, like have a team of four and tag team like a mini triathlon, like that is the most fun thing ever. I would totally sign up for that, and I don't train for triathlon anymore. They just have to be yeah. Clear, so like uh, they have them, they but have not. It. It's not like you know, it's not everywhere. Like I have to find one and fly to that place and whatever. So I think more of those types of things will bring in more of those, especially the. I mean, I can't speak for young people because I'm not young, but like more of those, the younger generation who wants that exciting experience and is looking for that. To be clear, Sarah was trying to convince me that we should rent city share bikes and do the sprint race on oh, Sunday. I was all in on that plan. I, I want to add, I want to add to that. By the way, I did a women's triathlon on a rented beach cruiser with a basket and a bell, and it was, it was great. I had like my breakfast, a breakfast burrito in the basket. So here's something that I think is really important for anyone listening, is that the sport started in the 1980s with entrepreneurs, people who are passionate about the sport, who are in their hometown, started a race because they wanted to have that experience locally for them, their friends, their family. So when you think about in your hometowns, wherever you live, there's probably a 5K, right? And that 5K, maybe it started because somebody was passionate about a cause, maybe it's because they, you know, it was just a fun thing to do on the side, but that 5K, creates runners that never would have run otherwise because somebody can talk them into doing their local 5k and they're like yeah i'll go down the street and do that thing that i could walk and get through and then they're hooked so then maybe they drive 50 miles for the next 5k and then maybe they fly to a 10k and so triathlon's the same every time a race goes away we lose that community of people who never otherwise would have done it had they not had that local sprint triathlon. And then they stay in the sport and maybe they want to increase distance, maybe they want to increase frequency, maybe they want to increase speed, but it's all about making triathlon part of their healthy lifestyle, how they realize their own potential and keep their body moving in a healthy, balanced way. And so what I want to encourage and what USA Triathlon is trying to do is to get more people understand that anyone can start a triathlon. It's complicated, but there are tools and resources out there to help you do it. And it's a great way to keep the sport vibrant in your own community. So don't wait to find a race. Go start your own race. I'll help you do it, Sarah. Haley, I, talking about first triathlons, I know your first triathlon was a local race. And uh, and I remember you telling me this. They, uh, they didn't believe that you had won because you beat so many men. Oh, that was that was like one of my early early triathlons. I did get DQ'd because I had the fastest swim time, and they didn't think that that was possible. It was a rev three triathlon, and actually, no. What was crazy though is that I went back like years, like five years later, as a pro to that race, and the official found me and apologized. And he's like, now we do tell people in our training for officials that just because a woman swims a very fast time, it does not mean she kept the course. So. It was one of those, it was a good learning experience. But I do think I have, 
um, been in the sport long enough and I've gotten to travel to so many different races that I am a huge fan of relays and pool swims. And I think it's also from talking to people because I do understand that it is, it's really intimidating to get into a track on the first time, especially if you don't have a swim background. And so I think having a pool swim helps you get, do that first swim, that first triathlon um, in a slightly more controlled environment. And then a lot of people you talk to, they start the pool, they move to an open water, and eventually they're in the ocean, you know? And it's, it's just kind of that progression. I think allowing for that progression is really good. I also have realized some people maybe can't swim for some reason or don't just do not want to be in open water, but they want to be a part of the triathlon community. And so I think relays really open up uh, the opportunities for that. And so those are some of my favorite things. I'm also so, so excited about NCAA triathlon. My background is in, was in NCAA swimming. And I think that's what gave me the foundation to race as I do now. And so I'm so excited to watch that grow and just a huge, huge fan of everything. And I just think it is unprecedented that USA triathlon is helping that because I don't think that kind of thing has ever happened before. Um, and you know, and even jumping into like NIL collectives and all these things. And I'm like, wow, these kids are gonna be, are so lucky, but they're gonna have an incredible experience. And hopefully they stay in the sport for another, you know, I guess they're worth 60 years. For those who don't know, uh, women's triathlon is set to become the next NCAA sport. They kind of mentioned it. They hit the marks, like the approval marks they needed, and now it's just sort of like they have to get voted on. I anticipate it becoming an NCAA sport next year in the fall, which will be very cool. So, um, Haley, you mentioned, have you ever done a mixed relay, though? Done one of the... I've done a relay. Mixed I relay. Know, no, I the mixed. done a mixed relay. That's, okay, that's very exciting. This is new. Yes. Where, like, even as an amateur, you can do, or you do a tiny little swim by crud, and then you hand off. You've yeah. done it. Yeah. I mean, my friend Ernie, who's here, my friend Sadie and Ernie, they're... Amazing. Okay, everyone I know who's done it says it's amazing. So, I do want to do one one of these days, so I don't know what, if I need, do I need to officially retire Well, so what we are experiencing here is the national championships for age group athletes in the Olympic and sprint. We've created something called the multi-sport festival, which is an aggregation of all the other multi-sport formats. We actually hosted it the last two years in Irving, Texas for the first time two years ago and I participated this past year. I personally did five races in four days, and two of the races took me 20 minutes or 25 minutes, and it is the most fun that you can have in triathlon because what it does is it gives a visibility to just how accessible these short course races are and how fun they are because of the alternative format. It just changes the dynamic and it festivalizes the whole experience. And what the mixed relay is, it's a team of four and you each do your own super sprint and then you like high five the person and, and they go run and do it. And what was so funny in Texas, it was really cold, surprisingly cold that day. And our team did the whole thing in their wetsuit. And it was just, the, the, it's just so fun and it's this big celebration. It's chaotic and it's, it's a blast. So I would encourage you all to find one in your area if you have one. If you're going to start a race, that you create one. Or you join us at Multisport Nationals next year in Omaha. Can I tell you, the young people, especially NCAA, they were trying out mixed relay, and I got roped into an NCAA mixed relay. And I say I'm the fastest 200 I've swung in my life, and I got, like, lapped. So. <laughs> all right, talking about you did five races in four days. This weekend, we have so many races. I want to ask each of you, what are you, like, most excited about? What should people most be excited about? Obviously, I'm very excited about the women's PTO US Open Saturday at 4.15, everybody. Get your beers, be there to watch. What are you all excited about this weekend? 
I think people are going to love watching the junior racing. So the junior racing is going to look very much like what you see at the Olympics. Right? It's a mass start. They're draft legal racing. It's a next level of competition where you have the strategy and tactics of, t of draft racing like you would see in the Tour de France Femme or maybe the regular Tour de France too. And, and so I think the junior elite racing is going to be really fun to watch. Sarah, I mean, Haley is looking forward to kicking ass on Saturday. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Haley kick ass on Saturday. And all, I mean, that's the boring answer, but like, I, I love that it's at 4.15, you know? So literally we were talking about like getting beers and having some food and watching an amazing race go by. So that's what I'm excited about. And Haley, I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to win because you're going to win. But how is that race going to play out? Tell us like what we should anticipate. I mean, I think it's going to be unexpected to be honest because I have watched so many races over the years and I always think I know exactly how it's going to play out and it never does so I mean I want to see an American winner you know myself or uh Taylor Nib, maybe more likely <laughs> but um I'm gonna enjoy every moment of it but I do think I think you know you just you never know you got to see who shows up you don't know how what kind of shape everyone is in or anything like that until the gun goes off and, and who races well at night? I don't know. I mean, I consider 4.15 night, but... Do you do anything different for a 4.15 start? I mean, I'm going to eat different during the day. I haven't figured it out. I might just be eating oatmeal all day long. All right, to wrap up, um, I'm just going to ask you all then, moving forward this season, because we're looking forward into triathlon, what are you most excited about this year, this season? I'm excited about the Paris test event and Olympic qualifying in a couple weeks, and then women's Kona, as we're calling it. What are you excited about? Can I repeat what you're excited about? Because the Paris test event is going to be incredible. So what this is, it's basically a dress rehearsal for the Paris Games for both Olympic and Paralympic on the course and it's our first selection event so it's usa triathlon's first version of our olympic and paralympic trials so really exciting i i'm just personally so looking forward to eating croissants and, and watching and cheering for all of them and then i'm also really looking forward to kona i i've been to kona multiple times as a spectator and to be able to now go and have it be an all-female race i think is such an example of not only the empowerment of women in the sport but the increasing opportunity for women in the sport. And I guarantee it's gonna be the cleanest world championships in the history of world championships. I love that. <laughs> yeah, last year, were you there last year? Yes. On the, no, on the, so last year in Kona, we had an, a mostly almost women's day on the Thursday. Certainly the pros like Haley had their own day. We saw a woman, actually an American woman, cross the line first. And I think like there were so many of us who've been in the sport for a long time who we just had like, if we weren't crying, we all had goosebumps just watching like all of the media attention on the women, the women not being interrupted by the men's race. And even just like seeing so many amazing amateur women as well, behind, like just everybody's running together, doing it together. So it was incredible. And it's going to be even more incredible this year because it's only us. It's so. only us. <laughs> I, I included myself somehow, even though. <laughs> actually in the race. Haley, you'll be there too. I know we're excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. I do think that's been something yeah. that as soon as it was announced, I was like, okay, that is a focus for me. I want to be there. I love being part of 
unique events and I do think the all women's Kona is going to be very unique and probably very very cool and I was there last year and it was it was the coolest thing I was a little bit further back but knowing that that helicopter was out there in front just for Chelsea was just the coolest thing and I felt like I was a part of that even though I was a little further back but I also had a really good day myself so I mean it is like I, I'm hoping, you know, for a solid day out there too, you know, here and there. I get, I'm enjoying these championship really deep fields and getting to see women really highlighted. Yeah, so we have a lot of championship races coming up. If you are listening, hopefully everybody watches men's tomorrow, 415, women on Saturday at 415. Get your, get your beers after you finish racing. When you race in the morning, go get food, get beers, get ready to cheer on. Um, it's going to be a lot of exciting racing this fall coming up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. My time, none of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. So Jocelyn, I know, you know, we're getting older and aging and you've been using Amino Coast Heal as part of your like post-workout recovery, right? Yeah. It seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo heel chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like Tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science-backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at AminoCo.com slash writing. You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's AminoCo, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing. And use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed, and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com. Bicycle.